You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast for Monday, February 14th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. The Super Bowl is now over. As uh, as I record this, it's actually Friday, so I don't know whether the uh, the Rams or the Bengals won, but I do hope you guys enjoyed uh, enjoyed the game and enjoyed your Super Bowl party. We are now officially into the offseason for the entire NFL. Giants, of course, have been in offseason mode for a month and a half now. A lot has changed with the Giants since the end of the 2021 season. And uh, here to help me break down the draft, talk a little bit about all those changes with the Giants, is old friend of the podcast, Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. Em, how you doing? It's been forever. I know, man. I'm doing fine. I appreciate you bringing me back on, talking some Giants ball. Well, you're all big time now, CBS, and you don't come to Giants games anymore. You're all big time. You, I don't know. I don't. You're. you're I don't know. I can't get a hold of you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's one part of the the whole transition that I do miss is getting to games. But with the way CBS has me, uh, I guess I could technically still make it. Um, CBS usually has me on, you know, these shows usually pregame. So my thing is I worry about where to find a quiet place at like 1030 at Giant Stadium or MetLife Stadium to, you know, do these hits that they have me on for about 10 minutes. And, you know, sometimes they surprise you, you know, after that, like, hey, can you jump on at halftime of the three o'clock game or the one o'clock games? Just like, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out, figure out that schedule. Because I do miss the the atmosphere of being at the stadium. Maybe uh, the twenty twenty two season, I can find a good spot to, um, you know, and with the because you know there's there are little places you can go and do hits. But you're you're not big enough to uh, to demand your own your own suite. You know, not yet, man. I would maybe <laughs> give me about two more months, then I'd be able to sort of you know move pushing my weight around, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, like I said, it's it's been a while since you and I have talked. And, you know, as I said at the top of the show, the, the world is a lot different for the New York Giants uh, than it was the last time that, that you and I got together. Just at at the top of the show here, your thoughts on on, on the brave new world that the Giants have entered. It's it's weird, man, because when you watch uh, the Giants this past season, or let's just say the two seasons under Joe Judge, you saw a team that 
you know, you really broke it down into two parts. Uh, the offense was the major issue. The defense wasn't a problem at all these last two seasons. And we saw the offense, you know, get better in certain areas. Um, they didn't have the full complement of Saquon under Joe Judge's tenure, which is unfortunate because he's their best offensive playmaker. The offensive line showed improvement. Uh, they added some weapons uh, at, at receiver, but you never really was able to take full advantage of that because of the glaring hole on that, that offense being Daniel Jones. Um, really just kept the team swimming in mediocrity. And it, I, to be honest, I thought last year's Giants team was much more enjoyable to watch than this past season's Giants team. It, it was brutal out there because of the injuries on offense um, and the defense doing what it could to try to keep them in games, but the offense just wasn't healthy enough and productive enough to push them over the top. And that's why that record was what it was. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think the the 2020 Giants were at least interesting. It was Joe Judge's first year. You could sort of buy into the into the progress and in long-term vision and, and all of that and, and take whatever successes came along and, and enjoy those. But uh, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. You, you mentioned Saquon Barkley and I'm just curious where you are on Saquon Barkley with a new regime, you know, in, in place with the giants, new general manager and Joe Shane, new head coach and Brian Dable, and you've got Barkley, you know, entering his fifth year option, then with the possibility of, you know, of a franchise tag, you know, going into next year, if they didn't use it on Daniel Jones, you know, for example, I have made the case that considering where the Giants are, considering what they have to do, considering Joe Shane's desire as he said to get as many swings as possible in the draft and considering what they'd have to pay Barkley a year or so from now that maybe Saquon's best value to the Giants is as a trade chip am I crazy to think that that the Giants should be looking to trade Barkley is that something that they would regret in the end Yes, that's crazy, Ed. And and the reason oh, why come on. <laughs> Barkley is a legit game breaker. I mean, we have to toss 2020 out the window because he got hurt. And we have to toss 2021 out the window because he was still recovering from, from injury. Remember, his injury wasn't like your standard ACL tear. And we also have to, I think, really what happens, you know, um, Adrian Peterson kind of ruined it for everybody with how fast he came back um, and think, and now folks think that everybody should be able to come back as fast as he can and be absolutely normal. But remember his injury, he had to wait a long time before he had the surgery. And so, you know, he slowly worked himself back and it didn't help that you don't have any help from, from your quarterback to take some of the pressure off. So your running opportunities are not advantageous to you having success. And the fact that he was able to gut out 13 games um, and with those situations surrounding him was in and of itself impressive. So I'm taking the last two years, you know, this guy's going to be 24, 25 coming into 2022. Um, and you know, he is some, Oh, he just turned 25. So he's someone that is the giants best offensive playmaker. 
health permitting, when he's out there, he's a he's a difference maker. You really have to game plan for him. Um, and so, you know, we saw flashes of him uh, being the original self, like against New Orleans. I mean, I thought that's when he looked his best, um, you know, from an explosiveness standpoint. It looked like he was starting to trust that knee and he got back that, that juice that he had. So I think I would keep Saquon Barkley. I think we, I think the biggest problem right now for the Giants, and I, and I don't know if they talked about it or they try to dance around it, is Daniel Jones. They have to get better at the position. Unfortunately, where does that come from this year in terms of draft prospects or uh, free agency? Because you just don't know who's going to be out there. But that's an area where they have to get better because it is legitimately uh, derailing the entire offense, to be completely and brutally honest. Em, I understand that point about Daniel Jones, but what what it looks like right now is that the Giants are going to go forward with Jones. I know ownership has said that they would be very surprised if Jones isn't the starting quarterback this season. Brian Dayball and Joe Shane seem to want to go forward with Jones, at least for this year. And to me, that makes sense for the simple reason that this is Jones' final year of his rookie contract that the market for quarterbacks in the draft doesn't look all that appealing. You can make the argument. Some people will make the argument that Kenny Pickett is QB one. And I've seen, I've seen some analysts say that his ceiling is Andy Dalton. And I'm sorry, but I'm not drafting. I'm not, I'm not drafting Andy Dalton at five or at seven Malik Willis is a mystery to me at this point still, although he was really, really impressive at the senior bowl and the giants are in a cap mess where Joe Shane has said they need to trim in roughly $40 million. So in order to operate in 2022, so, so going quarterback just doesn't make sense to me in this current off season. And that, that's the only real reason where I can see, you know, Daniel Jones getting a reprieve. Uh, you, you're, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it, to me, it depends on where they go with uh, their backup quarterback situation, because we saw, again, the Giants defense was good enough last year to win. And if they had competent quarterback play, now they wasn't getting that from their starter, their backup, or their third string. So they got to get better at quarterback regardless. So whether whoever they bring in as that veteran backup better be able to start at some point because we, we've seen Daniel Jones not be able to complete a season, um, and his play has been ineffective. You talk about someone that has thrown, what, 21 touchdowns in two seasons in a passing league. So whether it's due to injury or ineffective play, your QB2 for the Giants will have to play so that's why it's going to be interesting to see which free agents are out there. And even if you draft a guy in the mid rounds, let's say you draft someone that has started a lot of games and you're right. Kenny Pickett is not a first round pick. I've seen a lot of Kenny Pickett and I, that's why I found this year's Kenny Pickett hype hilarious. Cause where were all these people at the previous four years when Kenny Pickett was playing that pit in, in, in the same offense, you know, and, um, and, and so Ritter would be someone that could be capable of being, a, a you know, a QB, a solid QB two at the NFL level, someone that could 
you know, bus drive the offense, but you don't take someone like that in the first round. So if, if one of those guys that can be a steady, you know, a better bridge to the next quarterback. Um, but again, Giants are picking so high in both rounds that it's hard to justify taking someone that may be marginally better than what you have. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like you, you ride this year out and then you make a choice going into 2023. And that's really when you make your move. But uh, you know, we'll see how all of that plays out. We'll see how how things go with Daniel Jones, because it does look like the Giants are going in that direction. Of course, they could pull a fast one on us and, and completely switch plans throughout the offseason here. But uh, but but right now it looks like they are going to go with Daniel Jones. So I'm um, let's see. We've talked a little bit about Saquon. We've talked a little bit about Jones. You've talked a few times about the Giants defensively. They they were they were good enough in 2021. They weren't you know they weren't great. They missed Blake Martinez for most of the season, and that that hurt them. I'm not sure they adequately replaced Dalvin Tomlinson when they lost him in free agency. I'm not sure they quite got what they had hoped to get out of a Dory Jackson when they signed him in free agency. But the big news for the Giants is, of course, that Patrick Graham is no longer the defensive coordinator. That is now Don Wink Martindale. And I think people get confused because they some people say, oh, well, Graham ran a 3-4, Martindale runs a 3-4, so they're running the same scheme. So we've got the personnel to do this already. What's the big deal? And I, and I think that's, that's the farthest thing from the truth. Patrick Graham was at heart a very conservative defensive coordinator. He played a lot of zone. He played a lot of keep things in front of you rally to the football, try to disguise coverage and try to defeat quarterbacks that way. Don Wink Martindale is a throw caution to the wind, cover zero, send five guys, send six guys, you know, send guys from the sideline after the quarterback and play a lot of man-to-man coverage. And, and you need different personnel for that. So I guess, you know, one of the big questions is, do the Giants actually have the people right now to, to run that defense? And does that change what they have to look at in the draft? That's a, that's a great lead into it. Um, they have some pieces. And I think instantly when you try to compare Baltimore to New York, you're talking about mindset. And when you look at the Ravens defense, let's say pound for pound, they may not have the best player at each position to make the quote unquote defense work, but the mindset is consistent and is the same. The players they bring in have that dog mentality, that dog mindset. They, you know, hella high water, they're going to get the job done. They They may not be the best at what they do, but they have that type of mindset that helps you be successful. And when you look at the Giants, you know, you instantly want to go to, okay, who's going to be bringing pressure? You know, some people like Leonard Williams has that 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 mentality. You know, Lawrence has that that get off and that that it about him. I like what I saw last year from Ojalari and Quincy Roche in the limited opportunities he got. Uh, so you have some guys there. 
Will they bring back Lorenzo Carter? Is he that type of guy that, that has that aggressive mindset? Uh, they may want to bring in someone else there. Then you move on to the secondary. You love what they have in uh, personnel-wise in, in Bradbury, McKinney. Um, those guys are aggressive. They may try to look at another corner um, as well. We still don't know what they have in Aaron Robinson. He spent, you know, damn near the whole year hurt. Um, so he still may be a piece there, but you're right about a Dory Jackson availability is big for him. And that's something that he just hasn't really been consistent at doing. So I can see them focusing on, I know people are throwing offensive line early in the draft right there for the giants. But I mean, if you have an opportunity, if the way people are talking as if, uh, a homeboy from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau is, is not good. And he somehow, for whatever reason, is there at five. That's one, you know. And then at seven, if you are high on uh, Stingley from LSU, who is one of the best matchup corners out there, man to man guy. If you if you love one, if you love someone that can you know turn the ball over on the back end like a Kyle Hamilton, um, which allows you to be creative with Xavier McKinney, who also has good ball skills and also. You have Logan Ryan who can be versatile enough if you don't bring back um, a uh, uh, Jabril Peppers. Man, coming away with Kayvon Thibodeau and Kyle Hamilton would be a, a step, like six steps in the right direction for a Wink Martindale defense. Yeah, I think the I do a mock draft tracker every week. We started a couple of weeks ago as we build toward the draft. And, and, Week to week, the most popular combination because the Giants absolutely have to address their offensive line in some way, and they just aren't going to have the money in free agency to go out and do it in any sort of heavy or splashy way. The, the most common combination that I see in mock drafts at five and seven and any order doesn't matter, but the most common combination has been offensive line and edge rusher. With the hiring of Martindale, my guess is that that I think you have to think more about that combination being offensive line and secondary, whether that's Kyle Hamilton, who some people think is the best player in the draft, although he's not a cover corner, he's a He's a do-everything cover safety, whether it's an offensive lineman in Hamilton or whether it's an offensive lineman in whoever you think the best corner is. I think Martindale being the defensive coordinator makes that more likely than, than them taking an edge, you know, unless, like you said, unless, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is there for some reason. Yeah, and the thing is, too, man, it, because they have two top ten picks, it may be a situation where they split the difference. Hey, offensive coordinator, Dayball, what you want? Defensive guy, Martindale, what you want? And, you know, they may just decide at which pick to go with that side of the ball. So instead of going double up on both sides, uh, on the same side of the ball, you may see both sides get their wish with their top 10 picks. That's the luxury of having those two top 10 picks. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, the other thing that Giants can do, which I would be a proponent of, to be honest with you, especially with the Daniel Jones situation, the other idea that I like and Joe Shane made reference to wanting as many swings at the plate you know, in the draft as he could get. I like taking one of those picks and trying to move back into the middle of the first round, picking up some 2023 draft capital, especially if you can find a team that's willing to give you a 2023 first round pick. It, to I, listen, if I had two first round picks, I'm 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 getting two of the top thirty two players in the draft. I'm all for it. If I have now, if I have two top ten picks, it's hard as hell for me to move out the top ten because that's two elite players. But if I have like pick five and pick seventeen, yeah, moving off pick seventeen, that to you know to to either get back or later in the first and pick up an additional first next year, I'm all for that. But I just, it would be so hard for me to to move out of, you know, a top 10 selection uh, for the sake of a mystery box in 2023. You know, that that top 10 is, is, to me, that's, that's, and again, it all depends on, uh, and that's why when people do the draft and and mock draft, stuff like that, you know, free agency plays a huge role in it. And you really, you know, have to wonder, okay, who's going to be there at seven? If, if let's say if we're speaking to Joe Shane, okay, if, if, you know, we have top 10 grades on these nine players. And if these, if these players are still there, we got to take it. But if we only have top 10 grades on five guys and at pick seven, you know, that's, that's out of right. no one. We're not going to force a top 10 pick for someone that we don't have a top 10 grade on. Then I, then I can see your point of uh, making that pick work for you long-term. Right. What the, the argument that you get into is the one that the giants faced a year ago, M with, with the 11th pick, there was, there was a consensus of opinion that the player they wanted was Devonta Smith, the wide receiver out of, out of Alabama and of course, we know that that the Eagles and the Cowboys executed a trade that that allowed the Eagles to move up ahead of the Giants, take Devonta Smith. The Giants moved down to twenty, took Kadarius Tony, left Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater both on the board, and the and at the time. 
I endorsed that trade. I endorsed the move down. It's something that that Dave Gettleman had never done. And I, you know, I endorsed the move. I wasn't crazy about the pick of Kadarius Tony, but that's always the danger. I mean, look at the quality of the players in Slater and and especially Parsons that the Giants left there. And that that's the danger of the move down. Or even the prospect of Justin Fields staring them in the face. You know, there's a young prospect that gives you more upside than the guy you currently have or have on the roster. And to to move off of Justin Fields, Slater, Parsons, man, you know, and so that's another reason why I've always been team take the best player, no matter where you are in the draft. Because if you try to gain the draft, the draft is like Vegas or like any casino. The house will always win. You really can't game the draft. You really got to trust your scouting department and say, hey, man, this dude is a difference maker. We got to take him. Uh, we can't run the risk of losing out based off, you know, shrewd board moves. Man, we just got to take good football players because right now we don't have the luxury of, you know, moving. We're not Baltimore. You know, we don't have the luxury of moving up and down the draft or moving back and forth. And, uh, you know, we got to take good players because we are – this is a, what the Giants – fourth or fifth year picking in the top 10 so yeah it's uh you, you got to stop picking in the top 10 at some point <laughs> at some point right exactly so <laughs> in order to do that you got to get good players man we've seen listen look at the Bengals um and I bring them up because and you can understand both arguments you got to take the offensive line you got to protect the quarterback blah 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 they took the game breaker in Jamar Chase and notice how we, we still talk about the offensive line being bad. They gave up nine sacks, blah, 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 and, and half of those sacks were on Joe Burrow himself. But we don't – I mean, but they're playing in the Super Bowl. So if you just take good players, good things tend to happen to you. And I think when you try to move and shake and game the draft, it sounds good on paper in theory. But, man, when you talk about <laughs> the defensive right. player of the year, uh, the best offensive lineman rookie of the year, um, and I'm sorry, defensive rookie of the year, best offensive lineman rookie of the year, and potentially a quarterback that has, you know, Russell Wilson type upside. It's like, ugh, dang, we should have stayed put. Yeah, it's a it's a hard argument. I mean, the biggest difference between the Bengals and the Giants is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Period. <laughs> it really right. is. Well, and also, and and and, and this, it's a sidebar thought, but I love how people ignore the fact that the Bengals don't just have Jamar Chase they have three legit number one options at wide receiver and they have a, a, a premier tailback as well. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, comparing the Bengals to the giants is, is most definitely an argument for, for another day. And maybe one that uh, as the light bulb goes off, maybe one will have to explore at big blue view. One of these days. <laughs> it shows um, you that hey, it, that shows you, and it's been my thought process since Ben. If you could, it doesn't take long to turn the football team around. The draft is the best way to do so. Getting that young talent on your roster, good things will eventually happen for you. And sometimes they happen rather quickly. Hey, speaking of the draft, and we know that that the draft is is your specialty, and we're looking forward to your annual draft guide. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to beg from, I'm going to beg for a freebie again, like I always do. 
<laughs> but uh, but you know but we're looking we're looking forward we're looking forward to that and because uh, it's always full of information and things on prospects that you don't get in other places and that's because you are the master of the small school guys i think you know more about the small school players than just about anyone that i know and at this point i know you're still going to I think you, you, I think there's one more all-star game that you have to go to. So you're still making those tours, but I'm curious for just three or four guys, a handful of guys who we should be aware of that, that you've seen so far, you know, small school guys that we might not know a whole lot about. And, and, and uh, listen, guys can pre-order that draft guide at footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide and quick little point about the uniqueness of the draft guide last year we had over 600 prospects in the in the guide this year i'm expecting over 800 because of the super seniors um so full disclosure i finished grading quarterbacks and running backs got 75 quarterbacks graded about 110 running backs graded so it's going to be a even thicker draft guy this year because wow. of all the super seniors. So <laughs> you get a lot of prospects. And I, I was at the East West Shrine Bowl. I was at the NFL PA Bowl in Pasadena. And I was at the Senior Bowl. And I also went to the FCS Bowl. Um, so thinking in terms of our conversation about Wink Martindale, one guy that just stood out to me is a, a Wink Martindale type. And there's a cop to who he compares to um, that has played under Wink Martindale. You look at South Carolina State's cornerback, Dakobe Durant. Uh, he's been on the radar for quite some time. And head coach Buddy Pugh uh, down there at South Carolina State, think about the defensive prospects that he has homegrown, recruited, and built up to NFL studs. Javon Hargrave, the defensive lineman that's now with the Philadelphia Eagles. Darius Leonard, the linebacker, now with the Indianapolis Colts. And Dakota Durant is next in line on defense as someone that's going to make an immediate impact from a stylistic standpoint. And this is my personal comp. He's a lot like Eric Allen that played with the Eagles. Um, tremendous cornerback. But if you want to compare him to someone that Wink Martindale coached, he's a lot like Tavon Young. You know, so he's 5'9, about 185. Uh, and when I talked to him at the East West Shrine Bowl, he let it be known. He's like, listen, man, I know. They say my size suggests I should play nickel, but I'm an outside corner all day out the out, out the week. He said, "Put me on the outside. I want I want to be on the corners of the receive the best receiver. I want to match up against those guys. You know, just because I'm short doesn't mean I'm I can't play on the outside. So when you have that mindset, reminds me so much of Tavon Young. And I was at that Notre Dame Temple game where Young put. Uh, I want to say it was. Who's the Notre Dame receiver? Um, geez, his name his, his name slips my mind. But he was a premier prospect uh, for Notre Dame at wide receiver. He put him in the witness protection program that entire game. Uh, and I watched at practice uh, Dakota Durant do a really good job in that regard, just line up on the outside against bigger wide receivers and man coverage not relenting and playing the football. He has great ball skills, all that good stuff. He's a great blitzer coming off the corner. He's someone that blitzes with a purpose. Uh, so he would be someone that the Giants could eye that, you know, you can get in probably rounds five or six that can really 
step in and play. And, you know, just from an edge rush perspective, you know, we talked about Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, we talked about him a lot. You know, you, you talk about Ojobo from Michigan, um, the, you know, the guy that can really get after the quarterback. And I know people talk about Hutchinson, but Ojobo really showed up and, and, and played really well. Uh, he has that that quick twitch dog in him. Um, that fits what Wink Martindale wants, someone that just gets to the quarterback. Uh, and if you're looking for an offensive playmaker, let's say you want to, you know, it enhance opportunities for Daniel Jones. Um, and you look at wide receivers, how about George Pickens out of Georgia? You know, no one's talking about him enough. He was a, a number one prospect at the position heading into, you know, was going to be heading into this season. But we know last year, late in the season, he suffered a torn ACL. And he came back, worked his way back this year and made a huge catch in that, that championship game against Alabama. And when you watch him play, he is someone that has that my ball, my mentality in terms of going up and getting it at a high at his highest point. He tracks the ball well. He's not willing to sac- he's willing to sacrifice and die for footballs. So that is someone that really slides all of the Giants receivers down into more natural roles. Um, and I think you can get George Pickens probably in round two um, based off, you know, the, the injury history and, and, you know, when there's a run on, on wide receivers in round one. But so those are three guys I, I would probably earmark for the Giants. You know, a Jobo, the defensive edge rusher from Michigan, Pickens, the wide receiver from, from Georgia, uh, and, and Dakota Durant, you know, a small school gym out of South Carolina State. Interesting, M. And hopefully, uh, if uh, if we both get to go to the Senior Bowl, hopefully I will uh, I will see you there. You and I have a lot of restaurants to hit. Oh, absolutely, man! It's going to be fascinating to see what the uh, you know what the, the the scene is like in Indy. Considering it, it probably is the last year in Indy, you know. Yeah, that kind of bums me out. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get to take advantage of that. That uh, is still uh, up in the air at this point, but hopefully I'll be in Indianapolis. M, thank you very, very much. Always enlightening and fun to talk with, to you. And maybe after the combine, as we get even closer to the draft, we'll uh, we'll get you back on and and we'll uh, we'll talk in depth about uh, about more of these guys. Looking forward to it, Ed. Always a pleasure, man. All right. Thank you. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.